0: From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Amy Keene, and this is FT News. After a three-day government shutdown, Senate Democrats and Republicans reached an agreement on Monday to fund the U.S. government until the 8th of February. After several discussions, offers, counter-offers, the Republican leader and I have come to an arrangement. We will vote today to reopen the government to continue negotiating a global agreement with the commitment that, if an agreement isn't reached by February the 8th, the Senate will immediately proceed to consideration of legislation dealing with DACA. Joining me on the line from D.C. is our Washington Bureau Chief, Dimitri Sevastopolo. Dimitri, we're looking at fewer than three weeks for Congress to take up debate on some very significant issues. And before we get into what actually has to happen on Capitol Hill between now and then, can you walk us through what led to the shutdown in the first place and what changed for Democrats on Monday?
1: Sure. I mean, basically, in a nutshell, the U.S. government has had problems funding itself now for a while. And so what they've resorted to is to stop gap measures where they fund the government for a few weeks or for a month so that they can try and kind of resolve some of the political divisions that they have and hopefully at some point put in place a longer term funding plan. Last week, what happened is the Democrats decided that they could use the Friday deadline to fund the government as leverage to get the Republicans to act on something called the Dreamers. The Dreamers are basically 800,000 or so people who were brought to the U.S. illegally as kids by their parents, and under an Obama-era program called the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, they were allowed to stay in the U.S., but Donald Trump canceled that program, and from March 5th, those people will start to be deported unless... Congress comes up with a solution to allow them to stay in the country. The Democrats are under a lot of pressure from the left wing of their party, their kind of progressive base, to act on this quickly. And so Chuck Schumer, who's the top Democrat in the Senate, was trying to use the shutdown threat as leverage to get the Republicans to move on the Dreamers issue.
0: Right. And so over the course of the next two to three weeks before February 8th, what has to happen to avoid another shutdown of this nature?
1: Well, the first thing that has to happen is that Congress has to pass legislation to fund the government beyond February 8th. Whether that ends up being another short-term measure, which is what we got today, or whether they fund the government through the end of the fiscal year, remains to be seen. Mitch McConnell, who's the top majority leader in the Senate, he guaranteed Chuck Schumer that if Congress has not reached a solution on the DREAMers by February 8, that he will take up specific legislation to try and deal with the issue as a way to get the Democrats to sign up to the funding plan. In-
0: Dimitri, can you lay out the issues here for us? I mean, immigration was obviously a cornerstone of the Trump campaign. It's become a highly contentious issue during the course of you know, the first year, a little more than a year of his presidency. What are the sort of core sticking points on both sides of the aisle that are inevitably going to emerge as discussion over legislation picks up?
1: Well, I think a lot of things are still up in the air, but there's some things you know that are pretty much uh, a safe bet. One is the Democrats and some Republicans are going to insist that a solution is found for the dreamers so that that march 5 deadline essentially goes away and you know what the contours of that solution will be we just don't know yet then on the other side some kind of harder line republicans are going to insist that any plan to save the dreamers or protect the dreamers is going to be accompanied with tougher measures on border security and that could be everything from tightening visa rules to the actual physical wall on the US Mexico border that Trump has vowed during the campaign trail that he repeatedly vowed that he would build. So I think it's going to be a, a range of debates across issues across that spectrum, some in terms of how you deal with illegal immigrants in the country right now, and others how you stop people coming into the country illegally from now on. And it's going to be a very, I think, a very um, ugly debate. It's something that really everyone has very strong views on.
0: And so aside from, you know, a handful of tweets over the course of the weekend, the one person we didn't really hear from during this three-day shutdown was the president himself. How did he handle this?
1: No, he didn't. You're right. I mean, on Friday, he had kind of a last-minute meeting with Chuck Schumer to try and bridge some of the differences. They didn't get a deal. And after that, he kept very quiet except for a few comments on Twitter. And The Democrats accused him of standing on the sidelines. I think Chuck Schumer said something like, you know, The great deal makers stood on the sidelines, kind of poking fun at Donald Trump, who during the campaign claimed that he could make all of these amazing deals. But Republicans pointed out that essentially the Democrats have caved and have given Trump what he wanted. The government is about to open again. And the Democrats didn't extract anything really significant. I mean, they got a promise from Mitch McConnell, but promises can be broken. And that's not something you can necessarily take to the bank. So Republicans have said that, well, Donald Trump may not have tweeted very much over the weekend. He may have been quieter than normal, but actually the end result on Monday is he got what he wanted. So therefore, perhaps his method was a good method and he was a good negotiator.
0: Right. And not only is it the second year of Trump's first term, it's a midterm election year. So that means that a number of Senate seats, as well as all of the seats in the House of Representatives, are up for election. Who are emerging as the sort of political winners and losers from this episode?
1: Well, the polls that came out last week suggested that most Americans thought that any blame for a shutdown should be applied to the Republicans and less so to the Democrats. But, you know, we're still, what, 10 months away from the election. And if you look at the course of American politics over the last two or three years, that's a really, really long time. So I think, you know, whatever happened over the weekend, if the government is funded properly and we can revert to situation normal over the next few months, I suspect that most people will have forgotten about this by the time the election rolls around. If, however, we have another shutdown and it's longer, you know, average Americans who work for the government find that they don't have a paycheck coming in, then you might find that it has a more dramatic impact.
0: All right. And you can read more from our DC Bureau at FT.com. Thanks, Dimitri.